Hey Disruptors, welcome to episode, oh what are we up to? Five. Four. Four. <laughs> no, 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 it's five. It's episode five. No, we are. I have my yes. notes in front of me, we're up to episode four. Okay, we'll agree to disagree, but it's actually episode five of Faith Disrupted. Um, you're with Tam and... Michelle, hello. And Ursula. And we are back for another week. Um, so, girls, what's going on? Oh, I have had tonsillitis this entire week. Yay. And I am telling anyone who wants to listen had how terrible it was. It's mm. terrible. It really is. It is like I just had fever nightmares for Ooh. four nights in a row. I slept for 44 of a 48-hour block. It wasn't even wow, one of those sicknesses where you can be like, oh, I'll catch up on some Netflix. No, I couldn't yeah. even listen to a podcast. It was just debilitating. Oh, that's awful. So, but I'm happy to say I'm eating chocolate again for the first time in a week. <laughs> Tonight. Win. I'm back. I'm having my old... Uh, Lint dark with sea salt. Um, Excellent. Oh, yeah, I finished the block salt. last night. It's a bit. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have to say I haven't um, been able to do a whole lot of catching up on things, to be honest. Um, it's been – how about you, Ish? How's my week been? My week's been really good. I had a beautiful weekend last weekend down at Phillip Island and it was just lovely. I had a chance to read a couple of books. Um, I read a book called Anything is Possible by Elizabeth Strout, which sounds like a nice Christian book, but actually it is a <laughs> um, book of short stories. Uh, Elizabeth Strout had a book called My Name is Lucy Barton, which got on the Booker uh, long list. Mm. And this one is kind of, it picks up the hometown of this character, Lucy Barton, but you don't need to have read the other book. I hadn't. Um, and it's just beautiful. So it's short stories about all the different people in the town, uh, but they kind of all interweave and it's just like a really lovely rural book. And the interesting thing is I was reading it and imagining like the Australian bush and gum trees and it wasn't until about five or six stories in that I realised it was set in America so I think yeah oh. it's very relatable beautiful like it is there are quite some quite dark stories in there but it's just beautifully written and yeah really nice so that was that one uh I watched a Netflix film which I'm gonna caution by saying there is stuff in it that's probably not up everyone's alley so a few you can edit this out actually maybe a few dildo jokes <laughs> and just (laughs) it's called uh the incredible jessica james and it's got that guy from the it crowd chris o'dowd in it i love him and it's fantastic in that it's a story of like a young girl who's a playwright she's moved to new york she's just been dumped by her boyfriend who she just thought was awesome and everything and her soulmate and it's kind of her navigating that and it's about friendship and it's about believing in your dreams for your life and it's about how to carve out your own path. And it's really like you get to the end, it's a really kind of positive vibe. So, And it's funny. It's very funny, although it won't be to everyone's taste. And there were a few moments in it that I was like, Ooh! but then I kept disclaimer. enjoying it. Yeah, so disclaimer, if you're easily <laughs> offended, it might not be up your alley. The last book that I read, which is my big recommendation, is called Lies We Believe About God, which is by 
uh, W.M. Paul Young, so the guy that wrote The Shack. And I'm probably going to be quoting it ad nauseum tonight because it was just a really challenging book and also really good. So it kind of started from the premise. I think he did some tweets that were like, things you'll never hear God say, you know, I keep a record of wrongs, you're the child I never wanted, you overestimate Jesus, those kind of things. But it looks at some... It looks at some topics like some that I found easy to agree with, like, you know, um, God is good and God is neither male or female and those kind of things. And then other things that were a bigger stretch to me, like more, I guess, universalist ideas, like we're all children of God, the cross, you know, um, saved everyone. Basically, we're all on a Mm. spectrum of belief and unbelief and, you know, does hell really mean uh, you know, no lo- mm. no contact with God. And so that really made me think and it, like actually go into Romans and go, what do I believe? Like, so it's not like a full theological book. They're quite short chapters and, but he's obviously swinging the pendulum to get people to think. And yeah, it just made me go, you know what? I actually need to really study what I believe and what I think about this. But there's a lot yeah. of great stuff in there that straight away I just went, yeah, I totally agree with that. And, um, one, you're going to cut this down because I'm just yabber, yabber, yabbering. But yeah, one, yeah. yabber away. Really related, I think, to this podcast because we're trying to, I guess, just open up a conversation that that we don't often hear in our Christian circles. Um, and this little quote from the book kind of related to that. It said, "The world I grew up in did not place a high value on questions. At best, questions were a sign of ignorance, or at worst, were deemed evidence of rebellion." Anyone who uh, disagreed with our theology, science, or even opinion was an enemy or a target, and what mattered was certainty. And so I just love that quote, and I just think, yeah, we're actually just looking in this podcast about ideas of faith and life that we've had growing up and questioning some of those, I think in the light of the Christian experience, that we're always growing and the Holy Spirit's always talking to us and revealing to us, you know, the same reason... Yeah, I don't know why we don't have polygamous marriages now. You know, like there's a... Yeah. I think one of the best things I've read lately, which was probably just on Twitter or something, was people saying, you know what, if if God can handle everything, he can also handle my doubt and my questions. Mm. Mm. And Totally. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to understand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, Ash. Yeah, you're amazing. You've got through a heap. How about you, Tam? Yeah, so um, so two recommendations this week. I have been watching on Netflix um, Master of None. Oh, yeah. stars and it was written by Aziz Asari from Parks and Rec. So he was Tom Ah, Haverfield. Yes. (laughs) And so the first season was, it was pretty good and it was a little bit of a struggle to get to, but I have just fallen in love with the second season. Okay. And it does help that the first couple of episodes were set in Italy and it was oh, absolutely beautiful. Stunning. And I just <laughs> have made it my life goal to go to Italy, basically, Missed. since then. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've really found it just this really insightful view, I, I suppose maybe more into the millennial kind of life. I feel mm. like he's more of a millennial than a, a Gen mm. Xer. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, he makes some really interesting observations about yeah, l- just life 
as we live it now, semi online and semi not and yeah, just making sense of it all. I just think it's yeah, it's a really nice it's it's been really nice to watch. Mm-hmm. Um and my second recommendation this week is sleep, which I have rediscovered and um <laughs> literally sleep. Like as in Yeah, in like bed. literally oh, I've going, discovered it. Going to sleep. Um <laughs> Tell me like on time, it's time each night, or what are you? Yeah, look, I'm not very good at sleeping, and I was having a really bad patch where I'd be staying up till midnight and the rest, and then getting a couple of hours sleep, and then getting up and Mm. not sleeping well. And so I've just been putting myself to bed at like nine thirty or ten o'clock and reading, and then going Mm. to bed at a normal time, and it's really. For a few nights, made me yeah. feel like a new person. Wow, great! Reading before that. bed is the best. Mm. Oh, isn't it? I have I'm not still... done that since I had my second baby. Mm. Oh. I just, <laughs> I I'm in. I'm in the slump. I don't know, or just yeah, I'm lazy. Maybe you know, like just nothing inspires. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's great, Tam. I'm glad that's to hear. Yeah. Um, I do want to actually throw out there something that I did watch prior to getting sick, which mm. Bruce and I really loved. Have you guys seen the Mark? Sorry, the Mike Berbiglia. Berbiglia? There you go, Berbiglia. <laughs> um, he's a stand-up comedian and he's um, on Netflix as well. Sounds like Netflix really don't need to start paying us because <laughs> we are doing some good promo the, for them. Um, is he now passed away? Called, no. Oh, okay. I don't think of a different guy. <laughs> I don't think guy. so. I'm thinking of a different guy. He must guy. be. He's a comedian who um, uh, his, particularly his show, Thank God for Jokes, is so good. Um, he just does like, you know, that kind of real life um, insights about him and his now wife. Um, he does talk a bit about religion in this one, which is a little bit not amazing, but compared to what most comedians say about religion, he's like not that bad at all. Um, and he just doesn't swear every second word. It's really quite easy to listen to. And, yeah, I that was one of the most I've ever laughed at a stand-up comedy right nice. so definitely get on it so i'll spell out his name so it's mike Birbiglia, b-i-r-b-i-g-l-i-a um okay, highly great. recommend okay great anyway, now i feel like i've contributed to the conversation other than my <laughs> talk. high five <laughs> yay <laughs> that's good hey i was wondering shall i want to follow up had you how have you gone with the handmaid's tale or have you dumped it <gasps> oh well <laughs> i i'm actually I am now addicted. I think yeah. episode five flipped me over into yeah, nice. like, oh, okay, this is getting interesting. Mm. Um, and I was desperate to watch it this week, but and I did like right at the within the first twenty four hours of the fever stage, mm. and I, that <laughs> night was crazy. I was just having these like continual cycles of like weird concubine sexual (laughs) stuff going on and it was like I was trapped I was trapped in this room and I was yeah wearing a red dress and it was horrible so I have not finished it yet but I am really looking forward to actually getting it done so yeah I've kind of turned the corner I I would say it is definitely worth watching it's so thought-provoking yeah Yeah. have you both finished Yeah, yeah I bawled but there's going to be a second oh, no, season. Oh, no, no, okay. that's not giving anything away. There's going to be a okay. second season, which there's only okay. one chapter in the book that's not dealt with. So I think they're going to. Yeah, I, interesting. I think they're going to look into the different characters, some of the other characters' experiences. I believe. So, like Moira, and 
explore mm. that a bit more perhaps. Mm, that'd be interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yay. Okay. All right. So today on the podcast, we're talking about the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like this that? is something that, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I feel like, I feel like we spent a lot of our teenage years obsessing about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it is emblazoned in my brain at the end of year 12. Do you guys, like we talked about it so much through high school, we can mm-hmm. talk about that. But do you remember having almost a, like an aggressive fight with <laughs> two guys in our class who were also Christian guys and um, we were absolutely arguing that there is one person for you oh, in this dear. world that you are destined to marry. And they're like, no, nah, I don't think so. How can that be the case? And it it really got me worked up because I, I could not understand how they could be a Christian and not believe that there is one person in the world for them. Mm. <laughs> and now I'm embarrassed. Right. So where, but where did we get that? Where did you get that from? Where did we get that idea from? Oh, I think look, church youth groups had a lot to do with, I feel like that was definitely yeah. a message that came out that it was about the one, it was about saving yourself for the one. I think it gets a bit mixed up in my mind around, you know, sex and saving yourself for marriage and the one. Yes. And I think it's, yeah, it's that idea of like God's plan for your life kind of thing I think ties into that too. So so the idea that there is one, just one special person out there who God will bring into your life that you will connect with and marry and procreate with that is yes. that's what we're talking about yeah that's right I still oh there's so many layers to this um <laughs> I still remember going to like youth group events or rallies or whatever and I there's one it's kept in mind it was a small one right but it was this woman and a husband and wife that stood on stage who must have been actually to be honest only in their maybe 30s but they seemed really old like they were in their 50s to me Um, and I and he was this like short little redhead guy right pudgy I don't know know no and he was nice but like you know just not particularly yeah anyway whatever Um, his wife actually said and this is again another thing that stuck with me she's just like you know, I used to pray to God that I would have a dashing, handsome man to marry one day, but then I got to know him and he was just a friend, but then I realised over time, no, no, he is the one I should marry and we're happy. And And so I kid you not, I started praying from then, dear God, please bring along the one for me who was going to be a short, fat redhead. (laughs) You wanted the opposite. And haha, God, I got the tall, handsome, <laughs> dark haired guy. You rigged the system. <laughs> I totally rigged the system. I saw it and I called it out and I worked it, baby. Oh, that's so funny. But anyway, <laughs> so, so as teens, we, we deeply believed in the one, right? Mm. Yeah. Yes. We, I think it. I think it. I do think it links with that idea of the plan. Like, you know, I yeah, know right. the plans. I know the plans. It actually says, but anyway, I know the plans mm, I have for you. Yeah. You know, all those kinds of things. I think that. I think the message that came across was that there was a path for you to walk down, and if you walked down that right path, you would find the right one that would yeah. perfectly and you would live happily ever after. Yeah. Yeah. But actually. I was just going to say, um, I don't know that I, 
see that idea really in the Bible. And well, one of the things, no, but the idea I think comes more from Plato that in my reading about it this week, yeah. that it okay. was actually the ancient Greeks and that it was more that um, Plato had this idea that when you meet your other half, you know, that then you're lost in amazement and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So the idea mm. that we're all half people wandering around looking for our other half. Ah, and yeah. so, yeah. While Adam and Eve might be seen as the original, like the one, the other half of one another, um, yeah, that was kind of yeah, yeah. it's really true-ish. It's it's interesting, isn't it, when yeah, the religion gets overlaid with mm. different thought at different points and how yeah. that impacts. Yes, I've I've interestingly, as we were going to be discussing this topic, what's um, popped up in my world has been the whole I kiss dating goodbye book. Oh, yeah. Did you guys guys read that at the time? No, I remember a lot of people did. Yeah, uh, 21 year old Joshua Harris wrote this book, I kiss dating goodbye. I know, 21, right? But he was a good looking guy. I remember that. I read it, (laughs) definitely. I devoured it. And it had all these, um, they sort of said it was like the height of the 1990s purity movement, Mm. which was all about abstinence before marriage and, you know, not just going out on dates. And also, you've got to think it's American culture, right? Mm. So you've got everyone there tended to kind of go on lots of different dates with different Mm. people and all the rest. So his point was. You write your list of what you want God to to give you. Mm. You have people in your life, I think, that um, will speak into that. And basically you don't even date or kiss before marriage practically. That's basically what he did. And then you'll live happily ever after. And it really, um, it says that it sold 1.2 million copies so far. (laughs) And, you know, that's 20 years ago. Mm. And interestingly, there's an Australian woman who does documentaries who is actually doing a documentary about this with him because he is not quite retracting it all but he's sorry for it so yeah. you would be for yep. anything you say at 21 yeah <laughs> yeah totally oh my yes. goodness but this is what i want to scream at youth groups i don't know if the message is still the same but it's a similar thing you know about the dating thing and uh, just let's not go too far into the depths of everything, but even that whole idea of save yourself for the one and then everything will be great and sex will be great and everything will be awesome. And I just want to say, you know what, that's just not relationships in general. Like even if you pick the most perfect person, even if you find, I I feel like the wording a lot nowadays is about soulmates. If you find that soulmate for you, that you're still going to hit rough patches. There's still going to be stuff that's not mm. going to be great. And I just think there's probably a lot of really disillusioned Christians who get married very young mm-hmm. and ex- and have done all the right things, uh, you know, and expect everything to be perfect. And I think that's the problem with kind of espousing the idea of the one or of a soulmate or even of like, yeah, anyway, let's not go down a rabbit hole. Yeah. But, you know, just that idea that... Um, it, that means your relationship's going to be easy. That means you're always going to connect yeah. that, you know. Mm. Interestingly, sorry, I found a study which was run. It's a non-Christian study, mm. but they did a, um, you know, a scientific psychology study and they got people that believed that there were, you know, in soulmates, so mm. that people were made for each other. And then they got people that believed that love is more of a journey mm. so that you 
you know, mm. you might not necessarily, you know, be a perfect fit, but you journey together and you ride over the, you know, the bumps together. Mm. And when soulmates um, got were faced with challenges, mm. it was so much harder for them mm. because, you know, they, they had that kind of belief that if we're soulmates, things should be easy and things, you know, we shouldn't have to face these challenges so that when they face those challenges, they kind of fell apart more, whereas people that um, had that more journey kind of focused mm-hmm. view of relationships um, rode those bumps so much easier. Mm. So, yeah, it's... Um, it's not necessarily just a Christian thing, like you say, Ursh, yeah. that whole soulmates kind of Platoism. Yeah. Well, I saw a survey. It was a, there was an online survey conducted in two thousand and three on about dot com, and yeah, participants were asked whether they believed in the theory of a soulmate, like one person in the world who is kind of tailor made for them, and seventy five percent of the respondents answered yes. Wow. So that's like a big part of the population. And I think it's probably driven a lot by the movies and the literature that yeah, we have oh, around absolutely. now. Um, yes. Yeah. So I found that really fascinating. However, alongside that, um, there was also a big – so even – oh, this was what was interesting. Even those who said no, they didn't believe in one soulmate, they did – believe in the notion of multiple soulmates so this idea that people wow. are looking mm-hmm. for their perfect match or matches or whatever there's still that idea which is yeah maybe not necessarily yeah. wrong like there are people that are going to compliment you better than others totally mm. and i guess if you don't have god in the picture at all you are looking for that that um other something to fill the edges mm. whereas I wonder if you've got God in the picture for you ideally you know you've got God kind of rounding out your edges and shaping you and mm. and that's not saying that, that Jesus is your soulmate <laughs> just to be clear I'm not saying that <laughs> um but I, I wonder how <laughs> I wonder how Christian <laughs> oh I hate the term soulmate so no and he's not the lover of my soul even though I know we sang that in chapel in (laughs) oh I don't want to say that I don't know it just feels maybe not lover but but no no No, but yes yes I know what you're saying yes um but yeah I think it's interesting anyway as a um yeah, as I guess a Christian couples, and I'd be interested to hear from you guys when you were doing a pre-marriage counselling or, you know, having those early conversations with your <laughs> husband-to-be, you know, what what was the vibe? Was it that this is going to be great because you guys had found each other and this is it? Because I don't feel like it was that no, for Chris and I necessarily. I think it was like do your pre-marriage counselling, see where the gaps are in your conflict and communications and how you your family of origin and go in eyes wide open. I felt like that. Mm. was done pretty well for a pretty young couple that we were, you know, early 20s. I'd agree um, with that. But, again, I'd say early 20s. What do you know? And what do you know when you're in love? Oh, you know, what nothing. do you even listen to that? I remember reading all the stuff about family of origin is going to make such a big difference. But did that really compute into my mind at that stage of, you know, being no. in love in your 20s? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially Christian love when you're not married. Like, mm. you're not thinking about all that. Yeah. yeah. Are you Which saying sex? another danger. Is that what no, you're I saying? Did, I, did not, I did not say that word, Michelle. You did not, no. 
Don't know. listen to this in the car with your kids. It's <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> so funny. <laughs> I'm so funny. No, it's true. I think, I mean, that's a whole other topic, isn't it, around, you know, sleeping together before marriage or whatever. Yeah, but, no, let's save that um, for another blog, another podcast day. But mm. it would be it would be great to hear more about, rather than just talking about dating and, um, you know, what's right or wrong way to do it, in, you know, how every mm. church has to deal with that. Which yeah. I totally get that has to happen and I'm so glad I'm not in youth ministry. It would be horrific. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would love to hear more, kind of, you know, how we talked about personalities in the last mm. episode, episode four, Ursula. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's three. <laughs> I think it's three. <laughs> you guys are going anyway, to be ashamed, my friends. I've already looked at it. I've already looked at it. We were right. Chad and I are no, right. Okay, so, this sorry. be the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what I've okay. done? You know what I think I've done? I'm going back to look in my notes. Maybe I cut and paste. I did. Darn it. <laughs> I cut and paste the heading from the last one. I'm, I'm not editing this out. Okay. <laughs> this is so good. I'm just in the number. You're right. I retract. <laughs> That's good. Public apology. I like it. Yeah. Anyway, um, what I was saying was um, to under to actually. So rather than um, talk about the one and the perfect person to match you and have the list. Like I remember having the list of what I wanted, and then I met Bruce and he ticked everything except one area, which I think was valuing education because that was such an important thing in my family. Dude, Bruce. I know, right? And I honestly thought I cannot be with this man because he does, you know, he hasn't got on to do a degree. I can so imagine you doing that. Yes, of course I was stuck. Yep. And I'm talking about it with my parents and my pastor and trying to navigate it. Anyway, it turns out Bruce off his own bat just decided to go and do a degree. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, tick, tick the, box. the box for tick you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, ridiculous. Whereas I don't what feel would like be- you're proving a point here. No, what I'm trying to say, though, is what would have been more helpful mm. in that scenario is to go, who are you as a person and what is a natural fit with what kind of personality will be a really good fit for you yeah. in your future life? Mm. And that's where personality tests or whatever kind of form, and I'd love to talk mm. more about that another time, would be really useful to go because it actually turns out by luck or by God or by grace, mm. who knows, that Bruce and I are actually a very common pairing. Mm. Oh, hey, boyfriend, would you like to do this personality test so I can see if you're perfectly suited? Hey. Yeah? What's wrong with that? I can do it completely like I've been trying to for the last 12 years of my marriage. <laughs> hey, um, I was just thinking about that this week. One of the things we didn't say last week in the Myers-Briggs test is I believe that they've done studies where one of the perfect matches for your soulmate, haha, is like your, your your two middle letters are the same but your two outer ones are different. So oh if God, I'm an INFJ, supposedly my perfect match would be an ENFT yeah. or whatever. T. P. Okay. ENFP. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's hmm. by the by. I'm just, just thinking, I think a massive part of this problem is that we are expecting to find everything that we need in the one, you know, mm. like, I yeah, feel like at, at the point of, <laughs> <laughs> at the, okay, at the point of late teenagership, early 20ship, we're yeah. like, okay, so now, all right, so your, your fun's over, you've <laughs> had your friends, now it's time to find the one who has to tick all your boxes and fill all your gaps, mm. yeah? Yep. And you need to find that person as soon as you can because that will 
determine what you do for the rest of it. I remember having conversations with you guys going, I just want to know who it is so then I know what my life's going to look like. Mm, yeah. No. Yeah, and because you, you can't go doing stuff with other people and you might as well just find again. someone and no, 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 don't make me the sex person. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much expectation put on the one. Whereas mm. I now, you know, 15 years down the track go, okay, so my husband is great and he ticks some of these boxes, but you know what? my friends tick some of those boxes mm. as well and my yeah. you know these other people tick some of my boxes and i don't need all the boxes to be ticked by my husband mm. yeah because that is too much for one person yeah. yeah it's so good tam that's really true yeah really true mm. another another thing that i um reflect on um with if there's a sense of the one, you can get a bit blindsided to the fact that you in life, I think each person will be attracted to someone else, at least one other person, right, in your life, even if you're married. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I heard from someone, actually, I think just around the time Bruce and I got engaged, someone who's, I think, still single um, but had heard it from someone else, suggesting that if, if, you, if you ever – find yourself attracted to somebody else to actually sit down and talk to you, tell your partner. Like, just put it out in the open. Yeah. And Bruce you know. and I have taken that on board and I've done it. We've talked about it. We've gone to church and like, actually, I find this person really attractive. Yeah, yeah. Just want to let you know. <laughs> um, and it's so helpful to go, you know what, I probably could have married that person if I hadn't met them whenever and yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. There would have been challenges in that scenario. It's not as if they would have fulfilled everything. I'm not naive enough to think that, um, that's a perfect option mm. because I'm not. I'm no longer going. There is that one soulmate or you know the ideal. Because if you see that, then it's very easy to go. Actually, eh, not so much now. After 14 years, Bruce, I'm not so sure that you're the one. That person <laughs> Could clearly be the is one. the one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, well, this is. You know what's more powerful than saying you're the one is I choose you. Exactly, Tam. Oh. That's exactly it. And I continue to choose you, yeah. It's even not as romantic, though, is it? No, no, it's not. It's not in the movies so much. So me, <laughs> me and my husband have different ideas of this. So he mm. he actually, he believes in the one. Mm. He believes that there's one person. And can I just that person? Are you that person, yeah. Tam? <laughs> he, thinks, he thinks that. That's and beautiful. I think, can I say, yeah. I want to add in there, I'll, I will let you continue, but I don't doubt that. <laughs> For some people, like it's a beautiful, romantic, magical, mystical kind of idea. And maybe for mm. there, there is people out there that they actually do find the one or they find the soulmate. And maybe God even brought them together. Like I've certainly heard of some incredible get-together stories. So I don't want to kill the magic. Yeah. You know, I will leave a glimmer no, of light so in my dark mind. Continue oh. on. <laughs> yes. No, that's lovely. That, that, is, that is lovely. But yes, no, I, I think there's, there's a lot of power in saying, do you know what, I don't, I don't believe in the one and I think there are more than, one peop- more than one person that I could have chosen and I could have married and had a happy life with, but I choose you and every day I continue mm. to choose you and stay mm. here and fight for this and, mm. you know, build it and whatever comes our way, you know, we'll, we'll do it because we choose each other, not because... Mm. We are beholden to each other. No, good. Wow. that's so good. How, and does he accept that and appreciate that? 
or does yeah, he want you to want to believe in the one? No, yeah. he's, he does. He does. I think he would like me to believe in the one, but I don't think he feels the power in the choice as much just because he doesn't, you know, that's fine. People see things in different ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can I read you another quote from my book, Lies We Believe About yes. God? It's This is more about the plan, but I think it fits in in the same way. So it says, and you can cut this out if it's too long, does God have a wonderful plan for our lives? Does God sit and draw up a perfect will for you and me on some cosmic drafting table, a perfect plan that requires a perfect response? Is God then left to react to our stupidity or deafness or blindness or inability as we constantly violate perfection through our own presumption? What if this is about a God who has great respect for you, more so than for the plan? What if there is no plan for your life, but rather a relationship in which God constantly invites us to co-create, respectfully submitting to the choices we bring to the table? And what if this God who is love will never be satisfied until only that which is of love's kind remains in us? Nodding emphatically here. Mm. It's it's huge. No wonder you loved that book. I was just like, oh, my goodness. But at the same time, like, it really it tears me apart too because I, isn't it much nicer and easier to believe that there's a perfect plan and somehow God's going to bring it to mm. pass? And ev- I mean, I don't know if I really believe in coincidence in life. I think God creates stuff to happen. But, yeah, it's at the same time it is empowering to go, okay, I've got this decision or this choice and God's mm. going to work with me in it. Like that's what God says. He won't leave me and he will be there for me and he will be bringing wisdom into my life no matter what the situation is. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. And I listened to a beautiful podcast this week and I wish I could remember what it was. It might have been, it might have been Reconstruct. No, maybe it wasn't. Um, I will find it and I'll reference it. But um it, it referenced the whole, does God have a plan for our life? And, it, and they basically said, yes, God has a plan for our lives. And that plan is love. Mm. Wow. Like it's not specific in that he doesn't, he doesn't guide us to a specific person or a specific thing, but he has a plan that we will, you know, that he's given us love and that he has saved us and Mm. like that's the plan Mm. however we find that plan you know there's flexibility Mm. in that it's it's interesting sort of maybe shooting off that I um my pastor from Melbourne I remember saying um was recognizing as well the way uh perhaps in the church we've talked so much about if you're, you know, if you're careful and good and you don't sleep around mm. and you wait for the right person and you'll, you will find the one if you're faithful, mm. right, you'll find the one, God will bless you with that and you'll have a happy marriage mm. and a great life. And it's almost like a mathematical equation. Yeah. yeah. That if, if you do this, this and this and this, yep. this will happen. And yet, as we all know, we have some amazing female friends particularly mm-hmm. I'm thinking of who are single yeah. and um have not you know have done all of the right things yeah. or even if they haven't who cares yeah. like that's actually not the point yeah. but that you don't it's not a guarantee and it's no. not a guarantee that you get married and you have the happy life either nope. at all no that's right so i i agree with this idea of the plan is love but it's not prescribed mm, and yeah. you can't you can't get it by doing a certain thing a certain way yeah. necessarily yeah. 
there is there's great I don't get it there's grace involved and for some people like I feel I yeah had the opportunity to find someone who was almost counterintuitive to my family of origin mm. upbringing and is a gift in that mm. for me that has shaped me into a much more whole person than what I would have been mm. with someone um who was quite different mm. you know so I, I am so grateful for that and and yeah, I feel deeply in love, but that is not what everyone's experience mm. is at all. Mm. And I'm not, I don't know that that's going to happen for my kids. I can't, I can't, yeah, I'm really wrestling with how do I even mm. talk to them about this stuff when in the right time because I, I can't guarantee. No, that's right. What, what the future will be. And mm. I think it is then, it, I like everything then, it's as much as you can building resilience in your kids, helping them to know their own minds. Like I wish in youth group I had been taught a lot more about knowing myself, knowing my own mind, self-esteem. Yeah. Like the big downfall I see for lots of women is in self-esteem and that's why they get involved in awful relationships and that might be the same with men, I don't know. And I think there's so much more in that knowing yourself kind of space that is really important to teach kids and standing up for yourself mm. and not being so desperate to couple up because you're afraid you're going to be left on the shelf mm. or whatever because oh, you know yes. it, yeah. marriage is not the be all and end all like we've all been married I mean no. it's great but there, there's no one I know that hasn't been at some point in their marriage like you know what I want out of this you know it's not going to yeah. be easy yeah. all the time and sometimes you just want to be single and, and I know you can it's again yeah we come from a very privileged position being married and having found someone but you know it's sorry had, having found the one someone <laughs> someone <laughs> someone who put up with my crazy <laughs> ideas idealistic ideas <laughs> mm, but yeah anyway it's true it's um it's a complex space and i yeah i I really do feel for that um, also just the, the lack of gender equity mm. <laughs> in, or equality in the church world, mm. you know. It's it's tough. It's tough going. What do you mean by that? Um, sorry, I just mean there's more women than men is what oh, I mean. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's true. So Ooh, if you talk about the one and also, also it should be said that we were dating and um, exploring all this stuff pre-social media no online dating yes. sites this is a whole new world now yeah, it was so really true. who do you know in your church that's also why you're hooking up at the age of you know between 16 and 21 because that's your you've world you got to get in quick and that's your only world and yeah, yeah that's it mm. whereas these days you could meet somebody halfway around the world mm. if at any point um and that has, I imagine, been quite overwhelming because you're not, at least as, as well, I feel like I got to know Bruce over a couple of years before we even started dating yeah, right. because we were in that world. And and he, my friends that I knew had known him since he was a kid and so mm-hmm. I could vouch for character and all of that yeah, stuff right. kicked yeah. off, right? I didn't have to think about See, all I that. think that's a big one now, maybe more so in today's world because quite a few of my friends have hooked up with people online and... I think the biggest thing that I'd be saying to people is what do your friends think of your, like what do they really think of the person that mm. you're dating and and what are their friends like and do you like their friends and those kind of questions because I think they're big telling things and I think people are so blind when they're in love and 
yeah, I think like that would be some of the stuff that I would be saying to people is what do your friends really yeah. think and mm. being able to hear that. Yeah. And just find someone who's willing to to be change like to change mm-hmm. and to grow as a person. Yeah. You know, if you could get that I reckon that becomes your one (laughs) just because you're going to navigate crazy life, right? Who the heck knows what's going to be thrown That's right. You You have to change together. Yeah. Yeah. Someone who's able to be self-aware and I think that's a big thing, isn't it? You've got to see the need to. 100%. Self-aware and other aware if you can. Emotionally intelligent. That's really what it is, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. If that's important to you, like that's not important to everyone. Okay. Emotional awareness. Really? Uh, I'm just saying emotional intelligence is the fact that you're self-aware and you can like how you're be aware yes. about how others. you act, how it affects your relationship or affects the other person. You mean? Absolutely. I mean yeah, that's, that's that's important to us, but everyone's oh, got okay. things that are, mm. yeah that are important to them. Well, that so. is great. Do you reckon people wouldn't care about that? Wow. Okay. Maybe we could explore. Oh, that. Absolutely. Some people don't care about that on the online forum or whatever. Somewhere on the Facebook. It's called the Facebook. <laughs> on the interweb. Could you, maybe people can say what they what things are important to them or what they look for in a relationship or what's their key, what's their secret of success. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to what hear. What's your tick boxes? There's great um I saw this website. It was from was that Huffington Post or New York Times or something. Thirty six questions to fall in love. Yeah. Oh, yes, the one where you have to look into each other's eyes. Yes. And so there's 36 people. The idea is that it's um, mutual vulnerability fosters closeness. And so um, that idea of, like, self-disclosure helps you to get closer with someone. So they they even say, like, this will work in, like, work situations or with friends. So it doesn't even just have to be a romantic relationship. I guess then that the falling in love part is just, like, you know, you know, platonically you think this person is amazing or whatever. But, yeah, um, I think there are some amazing questions that, yeah, would be great even just to use with friends. I mean, there's the typical ones. that kind of starts off with, you know, who would you invite for dinner if anyone from history? But then it kind of, I think as it progresses, the questions become more intimate. So, you know, things like, um, you know, what was the most traumatic experience from your childhood and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we should do that for our... Um, get to know each other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Speed dating. You'd we'll fall in love again, the three of us. <laughs> we'll sit through 36 questions each. Yeah, yeah. That would be great. Two and a half hour podcast. Oh, nice. Look, we can, look into hey, it. Um, yeah. Hey, to wrap up, I wonder if we can just each give our top three tips then. Oh, goodness. On what to look for in a partner. If Wow. Do you reckon? No pressure. I know. Just make or break. Can you start us off? <laughs> um, well, yeah, as I just said, I think the um, finding someone who's willing to change, I think, is mm. really important, um, who, yes, yeah, is, is willing to navigate life and be flexible and adaptable. Um, someone, I think, who has a personality that, that complements yours. I don't, mm. yeah, I'm just, I've seen people, I think, that, that gravitate to the same personality and I, I, that can work, I think, mm. but it seems to be more rare that that actually works mm. out okay um and third thing is really you know really find the person attractive mm-hmm. <laughs> like you want to have the spark right mm-hmm. so yeah don't ignore that bit don't don't mm-hmm. just fall for the redhead because he was nice 
And, hey, you know, it's a long life. It's a long life, people. I'm not talking about you, Rod. I'm talking about the guy on the stage with the wife. <laughs> what about you ish top three uh i find that very hard to think of Uh, i I would say the same thing like someone that is uh has shows the ability to um change and grow with you i guess um yep a personality that's going to work with you is good Uh, i think similar core beliefs about faith i I don't know Mm, i know i did read an article this week saying you know um how to do life with someone who has different religious beliefs but i think that would be starting off on such if it's important to you you know like if your faith is really important to you i think Mm. that would be such a a really hard thing to start on i don't Mm. i don't know how that works um yeah, and I see yeah. that time and time again, I guess, in my friends who have a really deep faith but haven't found a guy in church circles and then date or go out with someone who doesn't have the same faith. And it's, I have not yet seen it end well, but, you know, I'd be happy to hear differently. Mm. Yes, mm. you know, I think being able to laugh with someone is really important. Yeah. Like, Having a similar sense of humour and, yeah, I think if one person's very serious and uptight, that would be tricky. Yeah, Mm. that's true. I I am, do you know, I'm vividly, I I can vividly see in my head us talking about the one and that discussion that we had with those two guys, Shell. Oh, you can? Yeah. I can see exactly where we're sitting in the classroom when we had that discussion and I can see the list that we wrote on our diaries. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Of who we were going to be with. Yeah. 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 Of our of our tick boxes of of what we needed in the one. And I don't. I do remember sense of humour being on it. That's about it. I don't remember anything else. (laughs) I read. I'm sure there was a long list. I read (laughs) a thing somewhere that if you are going to make a list, rather do it about what are the red flag issues. Like what are the big ones you can't deal with. Yeah, that's a really good point. Take it from that point of view. And then if you see a red flag, actually I was saying this to a friend last yep. night, we were talking about a relationship that hadn't gone well and that quote that when sh- when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. And I think Ooh. we so often we may people may see red flags or whatever, but you explain yeah. them away yeah. or you go, oh, whatever. Yes, justify yeah. them. Yeah. 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 And yet on the flip side, sorry, just to jump in there, the flip side is don't overthink it. I, mm-hmm. I also see often older, I think in people, when they move into their 30s and 40s, mm. it just becomes so hard yes. to not not play out all the bad scenarios that could happen. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's like, oh, that's why I appreciate having been so young and I didn't really think it through because yeah. <laughs> it's debilitating. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah, I think it definitely would get harder as you got older. And yeah. more picky. Yeah. There's something to be said to being young and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Up for it. <laughs> Up for it. Okay. There you go, Tom. <laughs> Sorry, what were you gonna say, Tom? Um, I forgot. Um I think definitely someone that you can laugh with. Oh, I had something really good to say and it's totally gone. What are my three? So, so definitely someone you can laugh with. Someone that 
you could have a constructive argument with. So, mm. I mean, you can argue with anyone, but, yeah, I think if you can have an argument with someone that is not nasty but is constructive, mm. I think that's a really great thing. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right. Um, and, you know, maybe that's asking too much in a romantic relationship because I know that it doesn't always work like that and I think I get a lot of that from friends as well. But um, I think more and more I'm getting that from my relationship and it's really great mm. to get that. Mm. Um, oh, I can't think of third, so we'll stick with that. I was reminded um, as we were talking of there's, there was a Whitlam song a few years ago, a number of years ago now, which was just like, she was one in now. a million, so there's yeah. five more just in New South Wales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's going on next month's playlist. <laughs> oh, yes. Good, good job with the Spotify playlist, Tam. I really enjoyed listening to yeah. that. You know what? We need to start theming it, so there needs yes. to be something about Love. <laughs> oh yeah. So we can have something about, like oh, the yeah. one. Yeah. The one. <laughs> All right. There's the challenge one girls. It, one one it, is the love. <laughs> 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 no, that's 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 gonna be saved for our purity culture oh, yeah, okay. episode. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that peaks too early. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Awesome okay. to chat. Yes, it was. That was great. Yeah. So if you've got anything else to add to the conversation, join us on Facebook at Faith Disrupted. Um, we're on the Twitters. Are we? Well, I'm, yeah, we yes. are. We're totally on the Twitters Twits. at Faith Disrupted. The Twits? <laughs> And we're on, um, so we'll put all of our show notes. On. Do we have any references tonight or are our references just ourselves? No, Ursula did lots of references. You were great, Ursh. Great. Peace. That's awesome. So yeah. we'll put them on the, oh, we'll put them I on the website. It. I think we should get the I Kiss Dating Goodbye yes. book um, oh. selling more. Hilarious. So if everyone can buy a copy. Oh, oh no. Hell no. <laughs> awesome. And we'll be back next week with another thoughtful discussion. <laughs> We'll see you then. See you then. Bye. See ya.